0: Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any healthcare related decisions.
1: Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluids, and other real life scenarios that may, may make some listeners
0: uncomfortable. Suck it up. Welcome to the Perry Meta Podcast. <laughs> Dr. Suzanne Ciotti. And I'm Becca Hammer. Today's topic of the day, hot flashes. Hot flashes. Man, this is one of the symptoms
1: that I've heard about my whole life. I didn't know much about it, but I did know about hot flashes. Of course, it didn't happen until you were in full menopause. So imagine my surprise when I found myself internally catching on fire during perimenopause. Mm. I've always been one of those people who runs hot. So when you go from running hot to hot flash, I was certain there would be flames. Mm-hmm. Bare minimum, there'd be some smoke. I, I seriously, I wondered if I was giving off some sort of heat wave. No one could contain this sensation all themselves, could they? No. Come to uh, find out, you can. <laughs> Honestly, personally, my favorite place in the world is the dairy cooler at Costco. You know, the big walk-in <laughs> one. I mean, I can spend 10, 15 minutes just looking at them eggs and... All the milk varieties. And honestly, I'm just doing it to try to like quench this personal blast furnace that I'm going through. Yeah. It's almost embarrassing when the personnel starts looking at you like, ma'am, you need to leave the cooler now.
0: Right, right. Exactly how many different brands of yogurt are there at Costco? There
1: are, well, you know, they rotate their stock. It's really the milk. So they've got the skim and the 1%, the 2%, the whole, the half and half. And, you know... It's, it's all heavy cream and the variety of different kind of eggs.
0: <laughs> it's all embarrassing. I don't
1: really want to talk about Thank- it. As with all things in this series, I would love to know what's going on, why this happens, and what can I do about it. Help me, Suzanne.
0: All right. That's it. We'll definitely go over hot flashes. It's one of the most common symptoms women have of, of menopause. Uh, it's a really strong indicator that that's really what you're going through and your hormones are getting very low when women come into my office most women describe them as a burning sensation so good to know uh usually starting at the beginning of the chest area kind of goes up the neck into the face it's like
1: this heat it's like somebody takes a heater and they start putting it on your chest (laughs) it's shoving it in your chest and then literally exactly as you described goes up your neck into your face,
0: into your head, maybe down your arm some, Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. And you might get kind of a redness to the face, might get a little bit of perspiration. Uh, For some women, that hot flash is also associated with a rapid heart rate and a little bit of a feeling of panic, perhaps, Uh, and they definitely take all of a woman's attention away from whatever it is they're doing. So they're very disruptive to your day-to-day, especially if they're happening several times throughout the day.
1: Oh, yeah. I used to be... So uh, during Zoom days, I would be doing facilitation. I'm a trainer. And so I'd be doing a facilitation online, get a hot flash, and A, wonder, uh, can everybody see that I am on (laughs) fire right now? Mm -hmm. And then B could not stay on my train of thought. Right. Because like, oh my God, it's so hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right.
0: Exactly. It's horrible. It is such a distraction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So they're very disruptive. They can also happen while you're asleep in the middle of the night. And of course, that sensation wakes you up. So it can interrupt sleep. The frequency of them for women varies so much. But I've had women report as many as 20 times a day they have hot flashes. Uh, Some women, maybe they're lucky and they just have it once every other day or a couple times a week. So there's a lot of variability. They seem to peak about three months after that last period when your estrogen has really dropped down to nothing. And they seem to be most intense during the very beginning of menopause there. So three to six months usually can be very intense so if you're one of those women who's having them 30 times a day after six months you might start to see maybe just 10 times a day so there's a light at the end of the tunnel Nice, nice nice Now, there's some women this is really unfortunate but some women actually have hot flashes that last their whole lives so it's a very small percentage of women very, most, small. It's very, very, small, very, very small, small. Very, very small very very small uh it, but and most women they'll stop within two to two years okay uh, and some some things will trigger them like uh like being in a hot climate for instance And there are some women who actually start getting hot flashes before uh, before their last periods, so that can be confusing if you're having periods and also having hot flashes. But that can happen.
1: But so it. Do I understand correctly though that you can have if even if you don't have a uterus, you can have hot flashes?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, and that's something that we were going to talk about too because maybe if you don't have a uterus but you still have your ovaries they're still making estrogen uh you know even after the hysterectomy and so they have a limited lifespan though which we've talked about maybe 50 51 years and then they'll stop making estrogen and then you'll start having hot flashes so it's a great clue for those women who don't have a uterus Uh, They can't rely on that last period as an indicator of menopause. Instead, they have to rely on hot flashes as being the clue that they're in menopause. Oh, so the body's really doing you a favor. It's doing you a favor, (laughs) yes. Man, your cup is half full. Right, (laughs) yeah. And it's really interesting because there's a lot we didn't know about why these were happening. We just know they're very strongly associated. but. When you think about it, there's a region of your brain called the hypothalamus, and it's been working really closely with your ovaries uh, your whole life as you've been cycling. So every 20, it's responsible for giving you that 28 to 30 day cycle, uh, and that's the, the correlation between the hypothalamus and your ovaries. What's interesting is that the hypothalamus is also the area of the brain that's responsible for your body's set point in temperature. When your ovaries go, hey, we're not making any more estrogen, your hypothalamus goes, wait a minute, I haven't seen estrogen for a few months, what the heck's happening? And it starts to mess up that set point of your body. and you get
1: fire fire Fire! hot flashes
0: (laughs) it's just that they're so so close together in that region of the brain so anytime a woman has lack of estrogen that might precipitate hot flashes that could include women who've had a hysterectomy and had their ovaries removed so that's we call that surgical menopause when that happens and that for some women who have to have a a hysterectomy with their ovaries removed, like, might happen at thirty, thirty five. They'll go into full blown menopause with hot flashes. Oh my god! At thirty to thirty five. Yes, EI. it's really it's hard. It's a hard <laughs> thing to to have happen. Also, if you stop taking your estrogen replacement therapy, say you were started on it for for period control, and then you've continued it till you're 54 and you're thinking, oh, I want to be off this. I don't want this other prescription. I'm just going to stop it. That sudden cessation of estrogen might precipitate hot flashes too. So that's just important to remember that anytime the estrogen drops suddenly that you can have those hot flashes, so
1: hypothalamus is going to
0: get upset. It's going to get upset. It's going to get upset
1: because its girlfriend estrogen is not there with exactly, helping to regulate the temperature. Okay, <laughs> right. fair.
0: Yeah, hot flashes are a good clue that this is really what's happening because they're so closely related. That if you're having hot flashes, chances are your estrogen levels are getting low. Okay. Um, so if you have had a uterine ablation or an IUD or you had a hysterectomy. That and you don't know, you know, you're always not having periods, that won't be your clue for menopause, but the hot flashes will.
1: All right, so so I've had hot flashes during the day, but there are times at night, so I'm, I can flash morning, noon, and night, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yeah. right, yeah, but anytime. But that is not the same thing as night sweats. That's right? right. I don't sweat in the night because I'm having a hot flash. Right, right, Talk that's right. Talk
0: about that. Yeah, you, there's a separate... Thing there, they can start to happen in increased frequency around menopause. There, one is night sweats, the other is hot flashes, and night sweats really are when you wake up drenched in sweats. Uh, You know, just your bedclothes, your sheets are wet, uh, and that's that's called the night sweat. It's important to make a distinction, because sometimes that's related to some other kind of medical condition, like an autoimmune disorder or cancer. Um, yeah, I've heard, but,
1: I've heard night sweats. Like, night sweats can be problematic. They're, they can be totally related to something else, but it sounds like they're also potentially related to this estrogen right.
0: issue. And another thing that they're associated with, uh, just remembering, is taking antidepressants. They're really common um, oh. to get... Uh, Night sweats when you're taking antidepressants. Keep that in mind because usually estrogen replacement therapy is really good for hot flashes, but it's not good for night sweats typically. So that's one of the reasons we kind of want to make a distinction.
1: That's good to know because I always thought that people who were sweating in the night were having hot flashes. Right, right. And that's not, that's actually, so what I've learned is that's not the case.
0: Right, so a lot of times you can have those night sweats in that yellow zone we're talking about before in your 40s the 10 years prior to menopause but typically you'll have start getting the real hot flashes when that estrogen drops completely down um, and you're in that red zone or that year after your last period uh, and then you know, in keeping with this kind of theme, the other symptom that's kind of a hot flash variant. That, hot flash uh, variant. Yes, that's also that, a good menu item. <laughs> I have the hot flash variant, please. Right. Hold <laughs> the <Full de> mayo. <laughs> that it's not exactly a hot flash that we typically, stereotypically, will will feel. It's a rapid heartbeat that that's act that can actually be a hot flash variant, and. Um, it it will just be that rapid heartbeat. You no hot flash necessarily, and uh, it might feel like a panic attack. And you might take your pulse and notice it's one hundred and fifty beats a minute or one hundred and twenty beats a minute. It can happen out of the blue. Yes, it might not be precipitated by exercise or by sleeping. Or having um, the shit scared out of you. Right. Just randomly. It just, just randomly happens. It feels happens. like it though.
1: It feels like somebody just jumped out behind the door. Yeah. And your heart starts beating like crazy. It, that's exactly
0: yeah. what it feels
1: like. Mine happened, you know, in that in that um, sleeplessness time when I was having insomnia. Yeah. I would be lying there wondering when I was going to go back to sleep, if ever. And my heart would start going bananas. Right. Just bop bup, 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 And I'm like, what the, what? You know. And right.
0: so, yeah, had it. Check. And it's very disturbing because yeah. we don't talk about that as being a menopausal symptom by no. itself. So automatically you're going to think there's something wrong with my heart yes. and, of course. and, you know, but part of what uh, physicians we like to, we do like to make sure that you're not having a cardiac issue, uh, if you were to come into your physician with, uh, that tachycardia that we would definitely want to evaluate that independently and rule out something wrong with the the heart rhythm so when you be sure to mention it to your physician that you're having a rapid heartbeat, and they can help you decide if you need to do the cardi- a cardiac evaluation. Which would consist of what? Which why? would be, the, the most basic. Sounds like a hassle, what it? does it? sound like a hassle. <laughs> it's really basic, it's a simple holter monitor. And, holter? Yep, it's like, called a holter, okay. H-O, like halter with an O, H-O-L-T-E-R. And How's that's it? a device that you, little device that's kind of a credit card size, Uh, It has some probes that are stuck to the chest wall, um, and it's just monitoring your heart rate over a 24 or 48 hour hour period. Uh, And you can actually, there's a little, sometimes there's a little diary that goes with it that you can put your symptoms when you start to feel that rapid heartbeat. And it will record what's happening during that time, the whole time. Okay, and so also that's not that that's not dramatic. It's that's not like dramatic. like that sleep one. That you just we do it about. at home. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's okay. like so kind of that's like that's a test for sleep. Then they'll bring it back. The report gets sent to your physician, and they'll just make sure if it's that it's not an arrhythmia or something that needs to be worked up more. However, of course, yeah. Here's the other shoe, ready? <laughs> it just dropped. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. However. <laughs> But <laughs> maybe you're one of those women who has uh, diabetes or you have high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol. Well, we those are risk factors for heart disease. So sometimes if you're having that rapid heartbeat and we're not sure is it associated with menopause, you will probably get further cardiac evaluation. Uh, which might include a treadmill test or a CT scan of your heart, something of that nature. Which, of course, you'd want. Right. I mean, if you've got one of those risk factors
1: that you just talked about, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be like, oh, I'm just going to do a little thing at home. Right. Because you know your situation. so Go the extra mile and just rule out anything uh, that's dangerous that's not related to menopause.
0: Right. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, all right. That's that actually wasn't
1: so bad when you we, dropped yeah, it. Yeah, I think good.
0: <laughs> I think we, you know, important to remember that heart disease happens in women as well as in men, and sometimes underdiagnosed because we would rule it out. We we think of other things first. Yeah, you but it's important to do you see me rolling my eyes? You can yes. see me rolling my eyes. That women are under
1: underdiagnosed with heart disease. Right. <laughs>
0: So I thought it might be good to kind of tell you some examples of typical people who come in, uh, like patients that come in, what their stories might be. Yeah. So one of them, um, for instance, a 52-year-old woman, that's typical, kind of the typical age for menopause, right? And she said throughout the day, she'd have this rapid heart rate and need to rest a little bit, make sure that it goes down. Uh, She still had some irregular periods. All her lab work was normal. So we did a Holter monitor on her. The one at home, right? Yeah, that just that home home one, the credit card one, and we found out that there's not an arrhythmia. She just had tachycardia during those times. Uh, About six months later, uh, period stopped, and then she started getting hot flashes with some of that rapid heartbeat. Uh, So that for her was a symptom like of a, a hot flash variant that was early on that progressed to actually like a normal hot flash. So that patient decided not to take medicines or hormones because of her family history of breast cancer. So she did nothing, and her symptoms gradually went away over 12 months. So you you can can do nothing? You can do nothing. So doing nothing is an option. (laughs) Absolutely. You can just wait it out. Uh, It's something that's going to probably go away. We talked about a small percentage of women have a lifetime. But for most people, the symptoms are just going to go away. Okay. Well, God, you know, that's actually like, I, okay, so you're glad to hear it because it's like here is
1: this constellation of symptoms, <laughs> your favorite word, and and you think, well, I always have to do something about it. I always mm-hmm. have to treat it with medication or herbs or I have to do something, but the idea of an, one of the options is don't do anything. Mm-hmm.
0: is totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. It's normal Check. transition and it will get better if you do nothing So you just have to be, you have to be the one that's the advocate for yourself, though, if your hot flashes are interrupting your ability to do work because they can be very disruptive or you're really not sleeping well, then you might want to consider options for treatment like medications. All right, well, tell me more stories. Yeah, tell me me another story. Another story. story. Everybody's (laughs) so different. It's good to give lots of examples because everybody's journey through menopause is so, so, so different. Uh, but usually includes some sort of hot flash or hot flash variant. So it's good that we're talking about it. So another example would be a 45-year-old woman uh, who had a total hysterectomy. So that means that she had her, her ovaries, which are the, the the glands that make estrogen, and also her uterus removed. And she that she had been having periods up to that point, and she had that then for endometriosis. So, so she has, she's sun, having periods.
1: She's got endometriosis. So she has a total hysterectomy. Right. Got it.
0: Yes. So they remove the ovaries, remove the uterus, and then she starts to have sudden onset of really extreme hot flashes after surgery about 20 times a day, having them at night. They're disrupting her job as an executive, and she's not sleeping worth shit. (laughs) So... So she's very, feeling very upset, like didn't really expect to have such severe symptoms. Right, because after... you have this procedure done because mm. your life is miserable. So you have this procedure done and your life is miserable. Yes, <laughs> right. It's just a different misery. <laughs> right. All right, so what'd you do? So that was surgical menopause. So she... Decides to get started on some hormone replacement therapy. So we start her on estrogen patches, which are a great form of estro- uh, way to get estrogen. You just put them on tw- twice a week. Then her hot flashes go away. So she's feeling bada bing, much bada better. Bought a Bing. Yeah. Bada's your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and this patient decided, well, I like the way I feel on the estrogen. Decides over this next ten years, you're just going to keep doing it. We talk about we you know the benefits and risks of being on estrogen, and she decides, well, it's really beneficial to my bones, and I have a very a strong family history of osteoporosis, so I'm going to keep staying on them. So that's another example of treatment with the uh, of hormones and. And the hot flashes are one of the biggest reasons why women will start estrogen therapy because it's so useful for helping symptoms.
1: Yeah, because you can't run around catching your hair on fire constantly and live your life. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a good story though, right? Because, I mean, so here's this negative with the endometriosis. So then she... (laughs) addresses it and gets more negative, but then she's able to actually do something about it right. that ends up not only benefiting her by re- reducing or removing the hot flashes, but then it's also a bone health issue that's positive down the road. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, right. good. We yeah. love success story. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your story of menopause? Because I know it's been fairly recent for you. Um. You, you know, mine was just... Uh, it, uh,
1: <laughs> I have decided not to do any kind of medical intervention. Um, so, but, because there are things you can do, like we just talked about, where uh, nothing is the answer. But mine wasn't necessarily nothing. I have what I euphemistically refer to, and my family refers to, as Mama's Ice Cape. <laughs> I got online, and I found this thing that was supposed to be... It's an ice pack, but not the little tiny ice pack. Oh, no, no, this is... This is fucking hot flash we're dealing with. I am going all out. And it is literally this cape that goes over your shoulders, up behind your neck, clips in the front, and you look like you're wearing, <laughs> like, a little stole. Oh, and, wow. But mine is um, a, an ice pack. And when it gets bad, and, you know, in the summertime, it gets bad, and so I'll just go and get my ice cape or scream at somebody in my family, go get that ice cape. <laughs> and so they, I just sit there with it. And <laughs> within like five or ten minutes,
0: I'm normal. Right. Yeah. So that's a great way of controlling symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you need to do to get through this period of time, that's it. That's great to do. I hope you're, when you're wearing that ice cape, you have your hands on your hip and your legs apart just like a superhero. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's a crown that I just put on. Yeah.
1: I have a tiara Good. that makes me feel pretty. And it's purple. The ice cape is purple. Like It's like a velour, but it looks like velvet. So, Quite frankly, I look like royalty wearing, right?
0: Super mama, yeah, that's queen right. super mama, <laughs> <laughs> right? Thank, Thank you me. for making me tell my ice cape story. Yeah, so this next section we like to talk about a little bit what can you do about it? So that yeah. ice cape, great, great way, did some research online, found a good result, good, found a good thing to do. Really important to see a provider who's experienced with women's health and menopause because hot flashes are easily treated and there's a lot of options. There's medicines and there's non-medicine options. The one key is hot flashes respond very, very well to estrogen therapy and that's the reason why the hot flashes started in the first place. Low estrogen, so how do you fix them? You add that estrogen back in, right? It makes a lot of sense and it works really, really well. It might be that... Uh, your uh, hot flashes will respond to progesterone, but that doesn't seem to be as good. But for some women who really can't do estrogen because they have a history of clots, we'll just try Mm. progesterone alone and see if that works because sometimes it can. In the something is better than nothing medical. (laughs) Right, Where they're really having a lot of trouble and they want to try something. They've tried over-the-counter things that didn't work, so we'll try that. Hot flashes are probably the main reason women go on estrogen replacement therapy. So unfortunately, I just want to make that distinction between these hot flashes and night sweats again that we kind of talked touched upon before. Night sweats, unfortunately, they don't respond really well to estrogen replacement therapy. So that's why it's good to make the distinction. But remember that if you're having night sweats, you still want to report them to your physician yeah. because... There might might indicate other medical issues, but like if you have like we talked about a little, you might have cancer and autoimmune related issues. So uh, or maybe it's just because you're on a, a medication that causes night sweats. But you'd want to talk it out with your healthcare provider.
1: So does the estrogen uh, therapy also do anything towards the rabbit heartbeat?
0: It can actually okay. Good. Yes, good to yeah, you know. yeah. It does. It's so it's so much so unsettling, more a hot flash, You're having a heart attack. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. But still, but still, report. Yeah. still report. Right, the report it. Heart, but and, uh, yeah. estrogen can help.
0: And actually, sometimes a better option uh, for those women, uh, when you're kind of thinking of all the pros and cons of estrogen, and maybe if you're scared away from it, it might be propranolol, which is a medicine that lowers your heart rate and it helps hot Mm -hmm. flashes (laughs) so it's a blood pressure medicine so propranolol and we talk about that in some of our kind of non-hormonal but prescription options so 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 it's complicated it depends on what woman is coming to me what are other other medical issues she might have what are all of the symptoms she's having with menopause So finding a kind of a treatment options that's tailored to the symptoms and the individual are really important. And that's why you need somebody who knows what they're doing during this time. Right. Okay. Now
1: stop rooting around in your car for a pencil to write down. (laughs) Just just so you know, there will be references to everything we refer to in show notes Mm -hmm. and on the website. Yeah. So don't. Don't drive off the road or <laughs> fall off the treadmill trying to write this down. We got it for you. We got right. you covered.
0: There we go. So we we're kind of talking about options. We're going to start with some of those non-medication options first. So one of them, actually, like a little battery-operated portable fan. Women love that. That seems to really help cool you down. Puts the control right in you on on you. Another one might be installing a ceiling fan in your room that's remote control because that actually, you can wake up, turn it on, fall back to sleep because you're feeling cooler already. So so that might be helpful. Or an ice cape. An ice uh... cape. Don't (laughs) underestimate the power of the ice cape. I mean, not only does it help with the hot flash, but you look amazing. The power is there. (laughs) Right. Another herbal that's so good for hot flashes is black cohosh. Really excellent herbal, really, really does work well for hot flashes. There's. It's usually a good idea to use a standardized extract, 250 to 500 milligrams, two to three times a day. Keep that in mind. Another one, it might be natural progesterone cream that you can get over the counter. So, if you're looking for something, you don't have, you're not going to be able to see your physician for a month or two, but you want to try something in the interim, maybe you'll reach for one of those. But you did say that nat-
1: that progesterone doesn't work as effectively as right. estrogen, though. Okay. True. So, but it might. So, for clarification's sake, I just want to make that I need to ask a question. If I'm already on, estrogen therapy, do I then want to do black cohosh on top of that and continue right. to pile on or is that not just a great idea? It's a
0: very good question. Typically, you want to just stick with the hormone replacement therapy if that's what you're doing. They can tailor that milligram per milligram to based on whatever symptoms you're having. So if you are having symptoms of hot flashes, we can add a little bit more estrogen that way. Oh, okay, so if I don't needed. have to continue to take
1: more and different things to... Right. I could adjust my existing dose if it wasn't handling the symptoms. It, that's right. Excellent.
0: Yes, and there are some other uh, things to keep in mind that may worsen your hot flashes that you can control. These are environmental factors like taking, drinking alcohol, taking caffeine, Those might precipitate worsening of hot flashes. If you're under more stress, you have a time crunch, for instance, then maybe that'll cause you to have more hot flashes. Being in a hot climate typically will do it too. You walk into a really (laughs) hot hot basketball game. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) right. So you can be prepared if you know that one of the environmental stressors might be in your future. Yeah. Remember most women, for most women, hot flashes will taper down so and eventually they'll go away. Mm. Even if you do nothing, as your body adjusts to the lower estrogen state, the hot flashes get less and less and less and eventually go away.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about one of my favorite uh, cure-alls for all things uh, <laughs> symptom-wise. What about acupuncture?
0: Right. You're right. Acupuncture does seem to help hot flashes. It also helps sleep. So it can be very, very useful and you might as well give it a try.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Let's talk about, so you talked about the hormone replacement therapy and some stuff. But let's talk about, I'm one of these people maybe who can't take all those hormones. That's just not, I have existing health issues or Mm -hmm. something.
0: Talk to me a little bit about what my options are. Yeah. Say, Say you're somebody who you've already tried things, they didn't work so well, or you had other side effects from it, like you developed breast tenderness with the estrogen. Or perhaps you can't just take uh, any kind of hormone replacement. You have a family history of blood clots or a family history of breast cancer. You might want to avoid estrogen replacement therapy. There are prescription options if those over-the-counters didn't work for you. So one of them or two of them are actually blood pressure medicines. One is called clonidine and the other one's called propranolol. Those are uh, medications that actually help suppress hot flashes. So sometimes we'll give those a go. Uh, Some of the antidepressants can also work to help hot flashes as well. Even though they might worsen some of your night sweats, they can help with hot flashes. So sometimes we'll reach for those like Zoloft or Effexor for help. Also another one is seizure medicines like Neurontin we'll sometimes use for hot flashes for people having... Very bad hot flashes, not able to sleep, and they just can't take any kind of hormones. Seizure medications? You kidding me? Talk medicine. about off-label. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> well, but it's nice to know
1: though, because if hormones are off the table, that there is there is still don't stop yet. There's right. still something else. Uh, and again, can't say it enough. There are going to be reference notes at the, either at, on this podcast or on the website where you can get the names of the medications that she was referring to so that you can have an informed conversation with your practitioner about this. Hey, Suzanne. So I watch TV and I have recently seen, because I'm in the United States and they can do drug advertising, I have recently seen that there is a new medication on the market that is supposed to uh, make my hot flashes go away. It's called Vioza. Vioza. What do you know about it?
0: Sounds like a breath of fresh air, doesn't it?
1: Well, a breath of fresh air or a venereal disease. I don't know. Like you got yourself a raging case of Vioza.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Vioza, the brand name, generic name or chemical name, Visolinitant. So it's a brand new class of medicine. There's nothing else out there like it. This new medication for hot flashes, it's been widely advertised, just like you said, Becca, because it's brand new. So what is it? How is it dosed? And what are the downsides, uh, including how much does it cost?
1: Which is a downside you're going to hear.
0: It is, right. (laughs) It's a brand new class that works directly on the brain to block a chemical called neurokinin B from stimulating the hypothalamus uh, into causing hot flashes. So that decreases hot flashes. The hypothalamus helps us regulate our body temperature right at 98.6. So it's not a hormone. So those women who have an absolute contraindication to taking hormones like breast cancer and blood clots, they can take this medication for relief of their hot flashes. Okay. So that's good. You can't, can't take this medicine, though, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, which probably also means that you're not in menopause. Uh, But in addition, you can't take this if you have known liver disease or kidney disease. And you might think really hard about taking this medicine if you're not sure if you could become pregnant or if you might be pregnant.
1: Okay. So for all the perimenopausal listeners out there who may still be having regular periods, who could still potentially get pregnant think real hard about taking this for hot flashes, yeah?
0: hmm right. Okay. So it does appear that in the studies that there's a 50% reduction in hot flashes in the first week. So it's very, it seems to be pretty effective for a lot of women at the 45 milligram dose, which is the only dose. It's taken once a day. Okay. You can take it on an empty stomach or you can take it with food. So that it doesn't have to be one way or the other, but it is best to take it the same time each day. It's been studied for a year and continues to be effective during that entire uh, 12-month period. Okay. So it looks like it's going to be something that when you stay on it, it does help your hot flashes. There's not really recommendations of when to stop it, but more than likely it would be like when we, when we taper off estrogen, best to kind of taper off of it and then stop the medicine uh, okay. after about a year. Some of the downsides are that it can cause inflammation of the liver. So that's recommended uh, by the company to check your liver enzymes at three, six, nine, and 12 months. And that also means that you should do a baseline of liver enzymes with that lab test prior to taking the medicine, just to make sure that you don't have something already starting off before taking the medicine and then you want to probably try to limit your intake of alcohol and Tylenol both of, both of those chemicals can be really irritating to the liver as well but it's it's not necessarily recommended by the pharmaceutical company
1: but you're saying but what you're saying is though is that this Vioza could be difficult could be challenging I'm going to put challenging challenging to your liver other things that are challenging to your liver are alcohol and Tylenol mm-hmm. so Right. Try not to put the trifecta of liver, uh, liver stress on yourself.
0: Right. Absolutely. Okay. The okay. common, more, a little bit more common side effects are, uh, some intestinal irritation, maybe some diarrhea, a little bit of stomach irritation as well. You might also get some insomnia, which we oh. know is already a symptom of menopause, right? So you so will never watch, sleep. Watch for that. <laughs>
1: Did I actually hear in the commercial that one of the side effects of Vioza is hot flashes?
0: Right. Yeah. There you go. That could be, that's another one. Isn't that crazy? If your hot flashes get worse, it could be the medicine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right. So this is a new guy on the market. So tell me how I'm supposed to get it.
0: Yeah. It's not available in generic form. So you have to pay for the brand form. So, uh, you'll have to get it with a prescription from your physician, uh, where, where you go in and talk about having that, the hot flashes and what you'd like to do about it. Um, it's very expensive. So the, the cost out of pocket currently is about $600 for just a 30 day supplies. That's 20 bucks a day. Yeah. Right and even those some of those coupons you can get online like good rx really only discount it uh down about about 20 to 30 dollars so it's not a very it's still very expensive medicine oh it may God. be that you have a great great stellar insurance and that it might be something available on your insurance formulary so you might want to check there before especially before filling the script um in a lot of these new medicines usually require the, met, the physician office to do a prior authorization, which will be triggered if you try to fill the medicine, um, and the insurance company goes, well, no, wait a minute, we need, to, we need to know exactly why they're taking it. They may call your physician's office to get a prior authorization, and that, that will mean that your insurance has certain requirements uh, of things that you might have had tried but failed, before they'll uh, let you let the physician fill the prescription. So there might be a few kind of, um, hoops to jump through before you get the medicine, but it might be if you have really good insurance, maybe it's uh, something that's available to you.
1: So it sounds like to me, Suzanne, as a result of this medication being really new that you've got to be one of those women who is suffering with hot mm-hmm. flashes before you consider a $600 a month, uh, Prescription, Right. I mean, mm-hmm, we right. talked about if, you know, earlier in the episode, we talked about some women have a couple of hot flashes a day, but some women have, you know, 20 an hour. I, and I think if I were in that mm-hmm. boat, yeah, I'd probably be looking at this uh, particular particular medication, but, you
0: know. Right. And I'm, I'm going to guess, too, that a lot of insurance will will like to have seen that you tried estrogen and maybe it didn't work for you. Or that you have that absolute contraindication to taking estrogen like you had breast cancer, you, ha- you yourself have a history of clots. So yeah. I bet they're going to be, that's part of that prior authorization. They ask the physician those questions to see, is this something that can be filled at the pharmacy?
1: Can you can, can you give her something that costs $0.12 cents a day instead of $20 a day? Right,
0: exactly, <laughs> right. First, hey, wait, wait, wait. Did you try that $5 prescription first? Yeah, that's definitely what they'll want to say.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for covering off on Vioza, the new medication mm-hmm. on the market for hot flashes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bet.
1: What I hear you said, Suzanne, is that a hallmark of perimenopause and menopause in 75 to 80% of women is the hot flash. Mm -hmm. Because every woman's different. Some may be getting it every other day, and some poor sons of bitches are getting them 15 to 20 times a day. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that is Mm -hmm. a special kind of hell. Surprise, surprise, your lack of estrogen is the culprit here. So, what I heard was the body's temper- the body's thermostat, the hypothalamus, and the ovaries, they've been working your whole life to keep your temperature steady. Mm-hmm. As your estrogen levels drop, this whole communication loop between the two fails, and your hypothalamus goes whack-a-noodle trying to regulate without its good friend estrogen. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Right. Alright, so the good thing is, is that for most women, hot flashes are going to taper off as your body gets used to regulating. Without as much estrogen, but there's treatment options, both herbal and prescription, that can effectively manage your hot flash. Not at all of them are hormonal based, because and you have choices, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, me, I'm gonna stick with my ice cape because I like to be the queen. Mm-hmm. And so, since nothing in this crazy journey called perimenopause lives in a vacuum, you also could be experiencing racing heartbeat mm-hmm. and night sweats. God. This is I being a girl. If you have a rapid heartbeat, you should definitely tell your healthcare provider about it so they can rule out anything serious. Mm-hmm. You know, because having a racing heartbeat during, yeah, menopause isn't serious. It's just it. For you sheet soakers out there, there's less good news. You definitely want to report the night sweats to your healthcare provider because night sweats can be associated with a lot of other problematic health issues. Right. Just make sure that your bracing heart and your night sweats are related to little Ms. Menopause. Is mm-hmm.
0: that did I cover that? Right. That's right. Maybe you'll need some other evaluation, but the chances are, if you're also just stopped your period, a lot of your symptoms of hot flashes and night sweats are related to that. But we, as we talked about, maybe you'd need a further evaluation. Time to get your healthcare provider involved in your care and talk about all your symptoms. Excellent.
1: And again, the, the takeaway here is... Some of these symptoms seem absolutely banana pants, but mm-hmm. are absolutely a whole part of your perimenopausal yeah. journey. <laughs> Don't overlook right. anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we've really uh, tied up on that, so I'm going to go get some ice cubes and cool <laughs> down a little bit. A little preview into our next episode, in keeping with our most commonly complained about perimenopause topics. Next time, we're going to talk about memory and brain fog issues. Or, as I like to call it, the CRS or can't remember shit. Make a post it note, set a reminder on your (laughs) phone, because I know you want to join. You're just not going to remember to. And (laughs) join us for the next time as we continue the Parameter podcast.
0: like to visit our website where reference materials and links to other podcasts are held, please visit us at wwwtheperiminanapodcast.com
1: If you have questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at the
0: podcast at gmail.com For more episodes in the podcast store or google us at the